People like to have fun during the holidays. You know what's not fun? Returning an ugly sweater. Don't give anyone an ugly sweater this year. Give choice gift cards from giftcards.com instead, and they can pick their own sweater from some of their favorite brands. It's genius. Skirty. I am at the office of the Papal Nuncio and permanent observer to the United Nations, His Excellency Archbishop Bernadito Auza. Thank you so much for having us here, Bishop. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for this, having me. This is indeed an honor, and we know so much about your history, and we want to hear more about your personal life. Tell us, when were you ordained? I was ordained in 1985, and uh, although I was ordained for my diocese back in the Philippines, called Diocese of Tagbilaran in Bohol, I was actually ordained in California. Yeah. And your family came to California no, for the ordination? No, yeah, because uh, I was ordained here because they were here. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, my elder brothers came here in the 1960s and 70s, my parents. And then I came in 1985 with uh, some of my younger brothers and sisters. I only have three sisters, and the youngest is sister. And so uh, I asked, uh, my parents asked uh, my bishop back home if I could be ordained here since I was here, and at the same time, I, practically my whole family was here. That's great. So that was the reason why. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, how, did, how did you get into diplomatic service? I mean, going through the seminary and eventually to Rome, how did that happen? Again, it's the fault of the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, blame the bishop. It's true. <laughs> because uh, when I was ordained in 1985 here, I mean, uh, a few days after I was ordained, I went back to the Philippines. I went uh, back to the university in Manila, the Catholic University, uh, to finish my uh, licensure in theology and my master's in education because my bishop told me that I was more or less distant for teaching. And uh, so while I was, as he said, after your license and after your master's, you know, you go back home, uh, teach at the seminary. I said, no right. problem. And then, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually obedience would be the biggest fault. But, uh, <laughs> and then after that, uh, when I was, uh, so after I defended my, 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 my thesis and my master's uh, dissertation, I went back home. I, I told the bishop, you know, I'm ready. I have finished my studies. And he said, I changed my mind. Oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> I said, instead of coming here, you know, you go directly to Rome. And I said, well, uh, you know, I, you know, I, it was, you know, I was, uh, it was just a few months before classes would start in Rome. I said, no, I don't have any room reservation. I don't know where to go. I said, right. oh, I, I already did. I already have a room. Uh, you know, I reserve one. Excellent. He said, how about my scholarship? I said, you look for one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave me the more difficult one. <laughs> and so to make the story short, so I 
I, I went to Rome and I, I studied there for four years. I finished my doctorate in theology, my license, my license in canon law, and mm -hmm. as well as my diplomatic studies. Wow! Yeah. So you have a few licenses, right? Yeah, I, ha I, ha I have two and a doctorate. And it's, oh yeah. man, God bless you! At, was, were any of them in? Diplomacy? Or well, not really toward? directly, because uh, but uh, uh, you know the the diplomatic courses are you know it's another group you know it's a diploma actually, it's not a degree uh, you know when we are at the diplomatic school we go to the pontifical universities the right, Gregorian, right. Angelicum, Urbaniana, and uh, the Lateran, etc. But at the same time we have classes inside uh, the diplomatic school, mm -hmm, so we I do see. we do history of uh, diplomacy. History of papal diplomacy, languages, of course, it's Must a very big part of it. <laughs> uh, protocols and uh, you know some specific moments of the history of the church, and uh, diplomatic style of writing. It's uh, all these things are mm. you know parallel to your studies in the pontifical universities for right. your ecclesiastical degrees. So you are actually running three parallel programs because sure. at the same time you have to study the languages. Right. Yeah. And speaking of languages, how many languages? Well, did you? Use there, and how many languages do you use? We are, speak I now? mean, uh, we are required to before we leave for uh, our postings. Uh, we are required to learn at least four languages because Italian is our working language. Right. We do our our reports in Italian, and then uh, French is our diplomatic language, mm -hmm. and then English is very useful. And then the you know Spanish is spoken by more than half of the Catholics. Right, right. <laughs> and right, then right. so many countries uh, uh, are you know use Spanish as their first language. So uh, as uh, especially as a diplomat of the Holy See of the Pope, then uh, people expect you to speak Spanish. Yes, immediately. <laughs> so and then the other languages are aside. You know, I, I studied Bulgarian because I was in Bulgaria. Of course. A little bit <laughs> of you know Creole and. Uh, <laughs> you are unbelievable. I was in Haiti, so and then Albanian, and when I was in Madagascar, it was probably my biggest surprise. You know, practically the evening I arrived, the people knows you told me, you know, you celebrate the mass tomorrow, and it's gonna be tomorrow. It's gonna be Malgash. It's Malagasy. That language. So I told the sister, "Where's the book?" So when I saw the book, I said, "There are so many similarities with Filipino." Oh, really? So, you know, it's actually it's, it's a Malay language. It's not uh, okay. You know, it belonged to the to, to the Malay family of languages, because the first wave of the first great waves of migrations to Madagascar were from Malaysia. I mean, it would be Indonesia now and Malaysia. So they were Malays mm -hmm. instead of staying. Uh, you may say along the the shores, they went up to the mountains, right, right, to the plateau, right. and that's where really the uh, we might say the the real Malagasy culture really developed. But uh, you know that's you know I was I was surprised. I mean I would never thought that I would find you know I could understand immediately some words of the local language because they were they were they were practically from the same root as so many words in the Filipino. Excellent. Yeah. How many countries have you been? Uh, the Pope's representative mm. too. And in well, I was, uh, as my, I, I, I joined, I mean, I was kind of given my first assignment uh, abroad in 1990, and I was sent to Madagascar. Oh, okay. Madagascar, which at the same time we cover Seychelles, uh, Mauritius, certainly not ugly countries. No, no. <laughs> Very beautiful. So all the territories in the South Indian Ocean, because uh, also in ecclesiastical matters, we also had to cover uh, the Comor, which mm -hmm. is another country. And then the French uh, uh, Autremer departments of uh, La Réunion and uh, Mayotte, 
so uh, that was a huge uh, area to cover, but very. I was very happy there for three years. And you lived in that area. We live uh, most of the time. We lived in uh, in, in Madagascar. I see. And then after Madagascar, I was sent to Bulgaria. Yeah, another. It was my very interesting world for me because it was my first contact with the Slavic world. And uh, you know, it was uh, the post-communist time, just a few years mm. after the fall of communism. And so, beside our normal work and duties as representing the Pope, uh, my f really the, the, the work that, that consumed most of my time was the recovery of church properties which were confiscated by the communist uh, regime. And I must say that we, we recovered practically everything except those properties which uh, have some problems in one way or for one reason or another. So it is a very good experience. For I was very happy there. And uh, I mean, talk I, about uh, diplomat. I mean, that really <laughs> took diplomacy. That's fascinating. <laughs> that is a fascinating work. And at the same time, I learned, uh, I studied, uh, I dedicated six hours a week uh, to learn uh, Bulgarian. I traveled around uh, the country alone so that I would speak it. And then it was, and then after that, uh, after three years and a half in Bulgaria, I was sent to Albania. So oh. that's another country in the area. But while I was in Madagascar, while I was in Bulgaria, I said towards the end of three years, I said, "Oh, I would be transferred after three years. I might as well. I really want. I really wanted to go to Bul to Albania. I said, I really want to see what's this country all, right, <laughs> all about. Right. You know, with this famous hermetic country, and officially constitutionally atheist. Right. So there, you know, it was, certainly was a, a world apart. But I was. Mm. It was. It was amazing. And then. Uh, little did I know that a few months after I was sent there. So, <laughs> in a sense, before I was sent to Albania, I already knew that at least the, uh, you know, Tirana and uh, Duras and uh, you know the the interesting historical areas, uh, you know, monuments in the area. And then after, t uh, while I was in Albania, I was also sent to London uh, for a few months uh, to run the nunciature there because the nunciature retired and for other reasons, uh, you know, they sent me there. You move and, around like uh, <laughs> I go around the corner. <laughs> yeah. It coincided with the death of Princess Diana and the death of Mother oh, Teresa. Sure, so sure. it was really interesting months. Mm. And then uh, after two years in Albania, I was recalled to, I mean, I was, I was asked to go to Rome and where I worked for more than seven years and a half. At In what capacity? What we call that the section for relations with states, which is your equivalent, which is our equivalent to your State Department okay. or to other countries, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And then while I was there, I was, uh, you know, I had three desk rotations practically, but you know, I always had North Europe as part of my duty. And then uh, that means I had to cover those countries like Britain, Ireland, etc., the Nordic countries. And then the other half of my uh, duty was, uh, you know, I had the Andean countries, and then after that I had some the Geneva multilateral organizations, and then after two years and a half I had the whole of South Asia, all the way from Afghanistan to the Maldives, Sri Lanka, uh, through India and Pakistan and Nepal and Bhutan, etc. This and is so, so fascinating. I, I mean, here, <coughs> here you are a priest. I, I know you're an archbishop, but a priest representing uh, the official church, the Vatican. Um, do you get spiritual fulfillment from that? From th I mean, this oh, is it's always so a big political. question. It's always, it's certainly, I was, I was, that's where I always start, you know, what is uh, the Holy See diplomacy? I mean, we are always 
taught uh, when I, we were at the diplomatic school that this is a ministry, this is not a, it's a ministry, career. Right, right. Yeah, right. so they said it's a ministry. As I said, it's uh, therefore, if it's a ministry, it's a ministry in the secular world, in the political world, in the multilateral mm. world, done in the name of the church and for the church. And uh, as I would say, you know, it is therefore bound by all our spiritual principles, sure. and the principles. Uh, uh, that we have in the church, and uh, so it is, uh, we consider it as a ministry. Yeah. It certainly is a very specific type of ministry. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good for, for uh, uh, the lay people to know uh, that we have so many aspects of, of our church, and, and this is a very significant aspect because the Vatican is a city-state, so we have representations throughout the world. But this is so important. Um, you're not a typical parish priest, typical diocesan bishop, you are international <laughs> in your in your ministry. Well, especially now that I'm assigned here. And I was here, uh, you know, after the Vatican, I was sent here 2006-2008, uh, so that, you know, even widened my, my, my horizon, my experience, you know, from mostly uh, what you call bilateral, that is relations between states, it's between mm -hmm. the Holy See and a specific state, and then coming here already with some experience at the Secretariat of State, uh, sure. the multilateral uh, uh, diplomacies. Uh, I was exposed there for two years to work at the United Nations. And then after two years, I was sent as papal nuncio to Haiti. And I was there for more than six years. And then uh, last uh, July 2014, the whole Pope Francis, the guy over there, God bless <laughs> <laughs> called me back here. And uh, so it's been almost practically three years that uh, I am the permanent observer to the United Nations. Okay, we're going to come back to part two of this interview, picking up with what the Pope's mission passed on to you is, as far as your role at the UN and internationally, globally, as far as climate change and his, his love of, of the world. This has been Father Louis Skirty. Honored to be here with Archbishop Bernardito Auza. <laughs> permanent observer to the United Nations representing the Vatican. Thank you, Bishop. Thank really you. appreciate your, you. your patience with us. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. 
Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque.